This is Dribbles and Chips. What's up everybody? Welcome to Dribbles and Chips. On this podcast, we're going to chat a little bit about a few topics in sports and tech. And in this week, we'll focus on the biggest stories in sports, especially in Formula 1 after the Turkish Grand Prix, where we saw Lewis Hamilton seal his 7th World Championship after a very dramatic race. I'll share my thoughts on how I thought on how I saw the race and everything that transpired, including the winners and losers of that particular race. And then on the tech side, we'll talk about Apple's new chip and the lineup of products that will be supported by this chip and what they plan on doing and even share my thoughts on how I see the focus on it will be. So just sit back relax let's have a chat and don't forget to like subscribe and share the podcast and uh, before i forget i'm your host raham Oazo, and uh let's get the show on the road it is time for the touchline view so we'll start with formula one some form of burning rubber i think that would be an idea for naming this episode burning rubber so anyway the Turkish grand prix went down this past sunday at the time of recording this particular episode and lewis hamilton won his won the race let's start with that he won the race and won his seventh world championship equaling Michael Schumacher's record for the most championships won. But that is the biggest highlight, I'd say, of the race and how he handled the race from start to finish to actually get to the podium and win it. But there was so much drama over the weekend where, one, the race was on a wet track in Turkey, which had a fresh layer of tarmac making it far much more far much difficult for the drivers to actually handle the whole track because there were so many skids and slides all over from friday when they did the practice even the qualifying sessions were all in wets and lance straw took pole and started ahead on pole position on sunday his teammate Sergio Perez was second behind him. And Lewis Hamilton started sixth on this particular race. Walter Bottas started eighth. And he needed a good good challenge this particular race actually to stop Lewis from winning the title in this particular time. But we'll get to Bottas in a while. So Lance started pole and it was very dramatic. It was a very dramatic start. Bottas and Ocon spun. Uh, Max Verstappen lost a couple of places. Sebastian Vettel gained places from 10th position, I guess, if my memory serves me right. But 
how it unfolded was that by the ninth lap, people had started switching from the wet tires to the intermediates to see how the track was drying up. The racing points, aka the Pink Panthers, were holding themselves pretty decently well at the front of the pack. And they made it be more difficult to be chased throughout the whole race. So Lewis was struggling, uh, getting past Sebastian Vettel and Charles Leclerc. Max Verstappen was making a very good push at the very beginning. Even Alex Arbon got to the back of Sergio Perez at some point within the race and nearly passed him, but got spun around and he lost his chance. Max gave it a shot, also lost his chance. So there were too many gambles, I would say, throughout the entire race. But the biggest gambles that were made were by Sergio Perez and Lewis Hamilton, where they each made one stop. So they switched from the full whites to the intermediates around the ninth and 10th lap and ran the entire race for over 52 laps on those same tires. So they made a one-stop strategy work on a wet track that eventually had potential rain um, signs towards the end of the race, like the last two laps, but that the rain didn't necessarily form. But they held on to those tires while the rest of the field had to make at least two pit stops. And that's how Lewis won the race. By the time Lance Stroll made his second pit stop because he's having issues with his tires and some graining, he lost his position. Sergio Perez couldn't keep up with Lewis's pace by the time he caught up with him. And after the overtake, Lewis had already built a gap of like five seconds within the five, the next two laps and he disappeared with a win. He defied a bit of um, team orders to pit towards the final laps, but he foresaw probably the pit lane was a bit wet and decided not to go for it and just finished the race with the tires that he had on and he held. Now, the final lap, aside from Lewis's maneuvers and disappearing in the race within the final laps, the final lap was very crucial because there was a three-way battle for third place, if I'd say. Because, actually, it was for second and third place because there was Sergio Perez, who was second at the time, but he had already been caught by Sebastian Vettel and Charles Leclerc. And Charles made a move on Vettel and Perez to get into second position. But he ran a bit wide on the track and lost some ground, giving Perez an advantage to get past and letting Sebastian Vettel also get past him. So Leclerc dropped from a second place possible finish to a fourth and gave Sebastian Vettel his first podium of 2020 also Perez's first podium of 2020 in second place. And that battle was very, very feisty because it just showed that the race was very unpredictable. And regardless of how it started and people having not knowing how it would go, just turned out that 
those who had experience in such conditions especially on the wets um, and on a wet track actually benefited in the long run because of strategy and how their experience comes into play because Lance Stroll this was his first pole stunt but then he lost so much ground and dropped to ninth where he finished the race at Max Verstappen he is experienced he's got couple of wins several podiums but he also lost out because of the risks he wanted to take while he was trying to make overtakes but couldn't solidify them because the position he's going to put the card ended up resulting to him spinning around and losing positions to his teammate nearly losing positions to his teammate and he only managed to finish um seventh and his his teammate Albon finished uh just right behind him and so that that just made it very uh difficult for inexperienced drivers to actually handle the track now for me another huge impact that i saw and i really wish that some of these things could be implemented in some future races probably like next year was to see a race run with no drs let me correct myself on one thing max verstappen finished sixth arbor finished seventh Stroll finished ninth. That one was fine. So as I was saying, for over thirty laps, the race was run with no DRS. This is because, like with the FIA rules, the condition of the track would also determine on how the cars would handle the speeds. So the fact that the track was wet and everyone was running on either wet or intermediates, it would have been unsafe for them to use DRS if the track wasn't dry enough. So for 30 straight laps there was no DRS and this made it a bit I'd say predictable based on how the race started and it was just purely down to driver instincts and skill on how to maneuver through the track and make overtakes but after that lap once DRS became activated and the drivers could use it I feel that was a bit of a turning point in the race because the mercedes lewis hamilton the mercedes came to life he was struggling a lot in those first 30 laps also behind the ferraris behind the red bull racing car even behind the racing point he wasn't having the pace to actually catch up and he was even questioning some of the strategies and if he could pit early and get uh, a, a new set of tires just to avoid the traffic but after DRS got activated. He gained his pace back. The car was performing as if it was in its most optimum state, and it actually showed the impact that some of the technology that these cars are, have towards races. The use of DRS gives you an additional about fifteen to twenty kilometers per hour on a track, and this can have very huge influence and impact. So. In my view, I would love to see some races done with no DRS, even if it's half the race or something like that, just to have the drivers drive the cars and use their skill and intuition to make moves on the track. Just pure skill, man and machine, nothing more. And then, yeah, we'll have our ordinary races with everything set up just right, and we'll carry on. So to wrap up my thoughts on the F1 calendar, 
I had even planned on talking about drivers and the seats that are available and the contracts for next year, but we have to acknowledge Lewis Hamilton won his seventh world championship and he doesn't seem to stop or willing to stop anytime soon. Probably he'll go for an eighth or ninth. And his message was very clear, especially talking to kids and children, people, and everyone who has dreams to achieve something, that it's possible to actually go for them and achieve them. And he's done so. He imagined and dreamed of being a world champion from tender age of five years. He's achieved his seventh title at 35, and he still has the groove to carry on for longer. We just have to see. We just have to see even where it goes from there. Whether he'll get his eighth next year or he'll have a challenge from Max Verstappen or Valtteri, Bo- <laughs> Valtteri Bottas. I'd forgotten about Valtteri. But yeah, whether we'll see Valtteri Bottas give a challenge to Lewis in the next couple of years or next year for the world title. Because for me, I think, or I had a thought before the start of the season that this would have been his best shot of challenging for the title given that the calendar had fewer races and some of the races were set up to favor him and he also has a very good car his skill set is good and he would be a very good challenger to lewis but as we've seen lewis is a formidable competitor one who would do everything to actually win the races and solidify his place on the legendary charts amongst the legends of Formula One. So who knows who would actually give Lewis Hamilton a challenge. I guess time will only have to tell and then we see how things go. But yeah, those those are my thoughts for the Formula One Turkish Grand Prix. And big congratulations to Lewis Hamilton for winning his seventh title and actually being the biggest winner of the weekend, followed by Sergio Perez and Sebastian Vettel, everyone on the podium. Those are the biggest winners over the weekend because of their strategies they, and how they tackled the race in such conditions. Those those are my biggest winners. Biggest losers from the race, Falter reporters, because he had the opportunity to perform and prolong Lewis's title-winning moment, but that didn't come ha- to happen. Um, next biggest loser is Lance Stroll, just out of lack of experience, I'd say, from starting on pole position and holding the lead of the race for nearly for more than half the race, except from when he pitted. But he got it back and held it until things just went sideways for him until he had to make his second pit stop. But he is also one of the biggest losers of the weekend. Starting on pole, finished ninth, two points. Didn't really do him any justice over the weekend that he was very ecstatic about getting pole position. So it was very unfortunate for him. Another loser for me would be Max Verstappen because he had a record of finishing on the podium and he would have gotten a podium position if he didn't take risky moves early on within the race that cost him positions and put him down at sixth at the end of the race. So we'll have to wait and see what the next three races, the final three races of the calendar year have, and also see which drivers will be confirmed for next year from those that, from the teams that haven't confirmed anything, has, has haven't confirmed. They still are sit um, next to Sebastian Vettel at uh, the new Aston Martin team that will be there next year. We are yet to see if Sergio Perez will get a seat somewhere and if 
Lewis Hamilton will sign an extended contract with Mercedes for 2021. So all these are questions to be filled within the next year, but the championship is wrapped up. Constructors' championship went to Mercedes-Benz two weeks ago. The drivers' championship has gone to Lewis Hamilton. He's a legend in the sport. He is amongst the best and he's equaled Michael Schumacher's record. Now, if it comes to questioning whether he's the best Formula One racer or amongst the best, I'd say amongst the best. But those are my thoughts. With that, we will switch to the tech side. Deep dive into open tech. So welcome to what we'll talk about on the tech side. And this week, Apple launched or hosted their final event of the year where they spoke about their new silicon chips on the new Mac products. So that is the MacBook laptops and uh, the uh, the Mac, I'd say, yeah, the entry-level Mac computer. Now, this 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 particular angle from Apple is very significant in terms of how they want to place their products and test the performance that they have against the old Intel chips that they were using, and also it lines up to their strategy for their other products, so the iPhones, the iPads, which are running their own in-house chips. So one thing I'd say is this particular strategy of building their own new Mac computers with their new chips just goes to line up all their products to have the same level of ecosystem across the board so that they can govern the development of apps, the performance of the computers and devices across the chain. So whether you're having an iPhone, an iPad, an Apple Watch, and a MacBook, performance will be based on the newer processors and chips and make it their own and under their control. Now, for these new processors, they they made significant claims on the new devices in terms of CPU performance up to five times faster graphics, for example, and even increased battery life on the new laptops just because on the perf- just based on the performance of these particular new processors that they would increase the time. Uh, machine learning processing time, increase battery life, increase longevity of the entire device. And th- these are bold claims. So as, as of the time of recording this, there haven't been any benchmarks, official benchmarks being done by any of our tech, favorite tech reviewers who might have gotten hands on the computer themselves and test them testing them out but early rumors are that they would be performing better than the old intel based chips or intel based mac computers but that's we're way to see and verify that 
but then my question is how long okay, apple said that it will take two years for proper transitioning of apps for developers to get acquainted in developing applications properly for them but are consumers that much willing to transition into this new ecosystem fully with the new chips are we ready to trust apple with giving them the control full control of how the performance of the computers will be and what effect would they have on for example their other line of products would it now push for better iphones because the iphone chips have proved themselves as performance based on the phone market the ipad is the best tablet out there regardless of its price but its performance is top notch so will this now make it that macbooks or mac computers would get to that top tier performance grade that would be expected of apple products as compared to any other windows or intel based computer out there so i guess it it might be a very interesting future for these particular computers because it is it is one of the biggest leaps and changes that the company has done to make them this good but then now how the ecosystem would be and how applications would run would be very would be very interesting to see how com- how they will be made compatible how the chipset would handle other applications and how developers would actually make them work for for themselves like capitalizing on the performance that apple claim that they would have tagging it as the world's fastest cpu core and the fastest integrated graphics and big power performance on the chips apple make very huge claims well they verified some of them their older products were yet to see on how they will do it with this new Macs. that's about it for me and my thoughts on this particular topic for the book there's there's still probably so much to talk about them but most of it is a question of waiting because i i really wished i had statistics on the performance of the chips so as to actually figure out how good they are but we are all running on claims right now until we get a good uh, benchmark and testing on them so we'll just have to wait for all the tech reviews to come out hope you enjoyed this particular episode uh so we'll be doing more of this picking out topics in sports and tech that are making headlines and running around um, news outlets or blogs and websites and i'll be giving my views on them and what questions might linger around and what i might need to put emphasis on for example and see if things are different or can be done in a different way so please share your thoughts with me on twitter at brown boy that's b-r-w-n underscore b-y if you like the the way the content is presented i welcome your opinions suggestions and views and uh hopefully catch you in the next episode cheers be blessed <laughs>